Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Audrey. And I'm Katie. And today we are laying down the definitive rankings. They can never change again. <laughs> As of May 27th, uh, 2.45. 2.45 p.m. Uh, putting it down in ink. <laughs> I did write in pen. I did have to start over while I was doing it because I <laughs> had to cross too many confused. stuff. Up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, basically what we're doing is uh, for the books, the movies, top five characters, and just like top five favorite other things in the universe. Or apparently, Katie's is also out of universe. Um, we are ranking them. Well, individually and then we'll compare between the two of us uh so yeah that's <laughs> interesting i mean i'm excited like we've never had this like we've talked about it like i mean obviously everybody should know our two favorite books by now um <laughs> and like we've talked about our favorite movies throughout our movie like uh episodes that we did um but it'll be fun to like really kind of get in the nitty gritties yeah, and so neither, we don't know each, I mean, obviously we know some of each other's stuff, and maybe we can do some guessing, um, yeah. but we don't have each other's lists in front of us, um, and then maybe we'll kind of try to, I guess the ones that we can, we can try to combine um, and give a, a wizard studies ranking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so before we go any further, our patron today is Beth. Uh, thank you, Beth. You are one of our biggest supporters <laughs> because you have to be <laughs> yeah obligated um the only announcement i have is that this episode comes out in june so happy pride month everybody Woo-woo. go gays <laughs> Do you have any announcements? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, happy Pride Month. I like don't. I don't know. I no, know it's not from that. Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Just from Andre. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. I don't like. Do we start? <laughs> I think we. Okay. So we're gonna start with book rankings. Yeah. And I guess I I'll start. We can. We can just go back and forth, at least for the books. Um, we can... Do we want to go in reverse order or in... Ooh. I don't know. I feel like our f- number ones are too obvious to, like, make it a big reveal. I know. I feel like the reveals so are So I feel the like middle. the bigger reveals are, like, in the middle and at the end. So I feel like we should just start from the top. Okay. So do you want to go through all yours or do you want to alternate? Let's alternate. Let's Sorry. Alternate. I have a lot of questions. Oh, no. It's okay. We obviously didn't do much <laughs> talking before this. Okay, so drumroll, please. My favorite book is um. Goblin Five. <laughs> to the surprise of absolutely no. One. I was trying to think of a funny one to say was actually your favorite book, but then I couldn't. 
think of anything <laughs> but Goblet of Fire, so I like <laughs> couldn't make the joke, but I wanted to make the joke. Anyway, obviously yeah. your favorite is Goblet of Fire. Yes. Um, I hope people also know what my favorite is, even though I talk about it a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> my number one is Half-Blood Prince. Are we, oh, should we be giving reasons? <laughs> it's I mean, going to go real probably, quick if we don't give reasons. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, I feel like, again, I've talked about this so much, but Goblet, I love the Quidditch World Cup. Like, that whole part, I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. I love the aspect of the Triwizard Tournament. I really enjoy, like, I mean, <gasps> Cedric. All right. <laughs> 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 I knew I was forgetting somebody. Um, I really like all of the new characters that come in for the Triwizard Tournament. Like, I really, like, through doing this podcast, I really have a new appreciation for Fleur as a character. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Cedric, and, you know, Crumb is Crumb. Um, and then, obviously, I love the, like, that chapter in Goblet of Fire where... Moody slash Barty Crouch Jr. gets the Veritaserum and like this whole house of cards like mystery that's been going on for the whole book that like sometimes isn't even like you don't even know it was a mystery Mm -hmm. a lot of the times um and everything just like falls into place so nicely and it's such a big like turning point throughout the series and I just love it so much (laughs) yeah we're gonna catch you up there (laughs) Uh, my favorite, like I said, is Half-Blood Prince. Um, I feel like I don't have as, like, full flush of reasons as Katie does. Because I think the thing about Goblet being your favorite is, like, in some ways, Goblet is the most different book. And so, like, there's a lot of reasons why it can be your favorite that are obvious. Um, for me, Half-Blood Prince, like, I, one of the things that I just love about the series is the day-to-day. And, like, I love the overarching big stories and, like, you know, the mystery of it and the the plot. But I love seeing, like, day-to-day life at Hogwarts because I think that's so fun. Um, and in some ways, that's, like, when it's more, like... I don't know, you can get more into, like, the details of the wizarding world without being all, like, wrapped up in, like, oh, horcruxes and, like, Harry, like, fighting Voldemort and all these different things. Um, so I think Half-Blood Prince has a lot of the day-to-day, but, like, it's less, like, whimsy. It's it's whimsy, but, like, I wouldn't call it that because that's what I call, like, the beginning books that are lighthearted. Like, Half-Blood yeah. Prince still, it's, like, it's in the, like, set of heavy books but it's kind of it's still got some like light and humor mixed in I think the humor is the best part for me um and I love like all the drama of the relationships I just like even though I don't get particularly attached to any relationships um I just like love the drama and I think Hermione's in Half-Blood Prince a lot uh Harry and Hermione hang out a lot in that so obviously I mean, a little spoiler for later, but we know I love Hermione. (laughs) Um, And then I think uh, there's a lot of Dumbledore in Half-Blood Prince, and Dumbledore is also one of my favorite characters. And it really, I think, as far as, like, serving a role within this series, um, 
obviously like the ends of the half blood prince are like very monumental important things like dumbledore dying and then like going to look for the horcrux but i think you just get like a ton of information that like deathly hallows could not happen without half blood prince so it is kind of like transition but i i actually like like that about it because i like reading about all the information and like learning it as harry learns it um it's a good setup for like it's a really good penultimate book i think yeah okay <laughs> number okay two? my number two is half-blood prince Woo! yeah half-blood prince i think like for i mean for a little bit was my favorite book of the series mm-hmm. i think um like Audrey mentioned, some of my, I like love the parts of the book where like Harry and Ginny are just like laying in the common room, (laughs) like hanging out, like down by the lake, hanging out. Um, I love that like every, every day glimpses that we get. And then also similar to what Audrey was saying, the memories of Half-Blood Prince are also some of my favorite parts of the book. I love them. Like I love the Hepzibah Smith memory. I love the Gaunt House memory. Like, those are some of my, like, probably top 15 scenes in, like, the entire series. Um, It's just, like, it's it's our last book at Hogwarts. Um, So, like, there's also, like, some sentimentality with that. And then I really, as much as I hate Dumbledore dying, I really like Dumbledore's funeral scene Mm -hmm. as well. Um... I think that's really cool so yeah also just another solid book <laughs> um i'm a little surprised it's still in your top i don't know yeah. why. um okay my number two is prisoner um these have like always always been my one two uh like i feel very solid in that and then i think the rest of these i kind of just like came up with on the fly um, but anyway, Prisoner, I think it's like a totally, it's, I guess it's also kind of a transition book, like transitioning from like one to two lighthearted and then like a little bit of dark stuff at the end where in, to like four and on is really dark throughout and like three Prisoner is like, it's just starting to like mix those things together. Um, Prisoner similarly is similarly to Half-Blood Prince is really I think grounded at Hogwarts um kind of everything happens at Hogwarts uh and I love the introduction we get like a ton of new characters I think it's the first time in the series where we get like a whole cast of new characters all together um with the Marauders and even like in some ways I feel like Snape kind of becomes a new character in that you see him in a totally different sense yeah um yeah, I think it introduces, like, a lot of... We, like, learn about just a lot of fun things in the magical world. Like, a lot of dark arts things. Um, because we see so much of dark arts class with Lupin there. And then also we learn... Uh, we learn, like, about Animaguses and Patronuses and, like, that kind of stuff. And I think it's, like... It's the first time you start to go beyond, like, the basic the basic magic that like is just carried throughout the series right like there are stuff there's like magic stuff that feels very specific to learning it in prisoner um i also just think it's like i don't know i think like 
the trio's friendship has a lot of interesting dynamics going on and like they're like fighting for a lot of it which I don't love but I also like it it makes it feel like they're 13 year old kids you know um and also it has I know this is like one of your favorite sections of the book like the whole like Harry just bouncing around diagonally um and I think that's like a really good world building piece so yeah yeah I think it's really fun Okay. My top three, I think, were pretty easy for me. Um, Like, I think these will probably always be my top three and probably always in this order. But my number three is Deathly Hallows. Um, I just really, I think, I, I think I've probably said this exact sentence before, but it is so hard for something or somebody to wrap up a story this large with so many characters with so many things going on and like have it be satisfying and Deathly Hallows is at the bare minimum satisfying I think there's almost no plot hole left untied whether we choose to believe those plot holes or whether they're logical plot holes or not or how they're tied up um I love the final battle scene between Harry and Voldemort I think that is one again I feel like I'm going to be saying this like one of my top 15 scenes <laughs> in the entire series I'm going to say 20 somebody 20 scenes. how many times Katie says top 15 scenes and see I bet at first 15. I was going to say five and then I was going to say 10 I'm like no we need to make it larger <laughs> um it's so good I love the epilogue I I don't know. I love seeing the trio as adults. Like, granted, they're, what, like, 17, 18 in the series. So, like, they're not, like, really adults. <laughs> but they feel so much, like, older, so much more mature. I love the glimpse that we get to see how, like, no matter how little it is of them, like, at Grimmauld Place, like, living with Creature mm-hmm. while they're preparing to, like, break into the Ministry of Magic. Um, I just love how neatly and nicely everything gets tied up almost everything comes back like Peter Pettigrew killing himself with the hand Mm -hmm. that Voldemort gave him like I feel like just like that's just like kind of a microcosm of what Deathly Hallows is yeah and I just think it was the best ending that we could get like I know we pick and prod and you know say like oh we don't like the trajectory of the like elder wand is probably neither of our favorite things but it works like at the end of the day like I said it is satisfying yeah um mine is also (laughs) um so I I really just I agree with all what everything you've said basically like it is just as such a perfect wrap-up and like it ties it, it it picks up things from all of the books before it, which I think is, like, super impressive and that it doesn't just, like, talk about the most recent book. Like, four is so critical to the ending of seven. Um, yeah. And I just think that is, like, super interesting. And, like, it... I This series is such a long haul in that, like, it doesn't take that long to read because, like, you know, we've read them a million times, so we can fly through them. But, like... it's such a long haul in that like it takes place over such a long period of time and you like see all these characters grow up and each book is supposed to be a year and so I think it's just like really cool that like stuff from when Harry was like 11 12 13 is affecting him as 17 almost 18 years old 
Um, And I think also the thing with Deathly Hallows is, like, I feel like it's such a juxtaposition to the movies where, like, it feels like the first Deathly Hallows movie, like, really drags on, right? Like, it feels like it should be slow, but I think the book is not slow because there's always, like, something on the horizon, right? Like, it's like, okay, they're going to break into Gringotts, and then it's like, okay, now they are, like, going to go to, um... Godric's Hall. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I was like Green Wall. <laughs> um, but like it's like they have like a bunch of there's a bunch of like mini like almost like climaxes throughout the book and then obviously like the climax with the bo- the battle, but it yeah. kind of just like builds up and I think it like really keeps you going because they're on the run and like I think that could could have been really boring, but it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, my one problem with it is that, like, they're not really at Hogwarts that much. Yeah, that is a bummer. Okay, number four. Okay, so recap of our top three. Two of them are the same for both of us. Prince and Hallows are both in yeah. our top three. And then the difference is Goblin, Prisoner. But my number four is Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Prisoner is just, I, I feel like we, I talked about this not too long ago, but Prisoner to me, no offense, Audrey, but I feel like it's kind of goblet light, you know? <laughs> I know, you always <laughs> say this. Like, I don't know, it has a lot of, it doesn't have the same, like, story beats, but it kind of has that, like, mystery wrap-up, like, big reveal at the end where everything makes sense. Um, somebody who we thought was good is bad in mm-hmm. Goblet of Fire, but somebody who th- we thought was bad is good in Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, you know, like, it subverts expectations like that. Um, I really like the kit, like, the trio starting to, like, grow up a little bit. Like, I understand that they're still, like, 13, 14, so they're still, like, pretty young, but, you know, they're starting to become, like more young adults as opposed Mm -hmm. to adolescents so they are going through you know puberty hormones fights girl boy attractions as such um so I just I think it's a really solid book you know it's kind of like right in the middle I think that my like five through one are like really solid and then six and seven I think (laughs) I could probably change my mind on um but yeah it's definitely like in like I mean top half is probably like not really mathematically accurate but like I see it as in my top yeah. half of books because I kind of like I said there's like five that I like really really like and two that I like like <laughs> um, <laughs> okay uh I have a point on what you just said but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until after I reveal mine. Okay. Um, actually, I want you to guess what my next one is. I mean, I really hope it's Goblet, just for like symmetry's sake. <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, um, and I feel like it might be, but I could also maybe see it being Sorcerer's Stone. It's Goblet. Okay, good. <laughs> I feel like this is your influence on me. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's everything you said. I think 
I, I didn't appreciate Goblet as a book for so long, but now I really do. And, like, I feel silly putting it all the way down at four because, like, I do think it is really... Like, you've convinced me. Like, it is a work of art. <laughs> um, but I guess my question is, because, like... So you have Goblet, obviously, higher than Prisoner, and I have Prisoner higher than Goblet. And we've talked yeah. about kind of the symmetry between those two books. And I think, to me... Simply because Prisoner comes first, I think the reveal mm. is so much more to me. Even though I agree, it's, like, not as good of a reveal and it's not as misleading or as, like, oh my god, mind-blowing as Goblet. Yeah. And it doesn't have as many of the little Easter eggs in the lead-up. But I think the one drawback to me about the Goblet reveal is that, like, it came right after the prison. Like, it, mm. it's the next book in the series and even yeah. though, like, it is its own reveal and it's not the same thing, but, like, it, it kind of follows a similar pattern. And so I think that, like, kind of takes it down a notch for me, even though I don't know if that's, like, fair because it's just, like, chronological. Um, yeah, I see that. I guess, like, I just see them as, like, so distinct. Like, I know, like, I literally just compared the two, but they just, like, feel so different, mm-hmm. like, in book that yeah. I, like, they feel so distinct to me. Um, and I think I really, I think that what, like, really sells me for Goblet is that there's so many just, like, additional little things that, like, really push the book over the edge for me. Like, I mentioned, like, the tri- or the Triwizard Tournament, the Quidditch World Cup. I love, like, those two, like, additions to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just, like, really push that one over the edge. Yeah. But I do. I don't think I did a very good job of like expressing how much I really do enjoy Prisoner of Azkaban. Like I think that it's Sirius's best book. I think it's mm-hmm. Lupin's best book. Mm-hmm. I think like the Marauders map is like probably one of my favorite magical objects in this series. Oh, like yeah. that is so cool. Um, the introdu- the introduction of Hogsmeade in Prisoner too. Like Prisoner is just a really good book mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, uh, I I do want to emphasize that, like, I really like Goblet, and uh, I think, it, like, there's so many just events that you don't don't see anything like it at any other point. The Quiz yeah. World Cup, the Triwizard Tournament, the Yule Ball, like, all yeah. that stuff is so distinct to Goblet, and it's so well detailed that, like, it only happens once, and, like, we it feels like such a big part of the universe even though like Quidditch World Cup is like what three chapters maybe yeah. two chapters um but like that is part of the universe building so I think it does a really good job of like introducing new things and making them feel really important yeah okay so our top four is like all those four same books so our, our bottom three I feel bad for these three books and I feel like people <laughs> are gonna be mad at us Oh no. Okay, so my number five is Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. Um I I understand that a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia tied to this book, but you know, like Audrey and I have mentioned time and time again, like I don't remember reading the books for the first time really. So like it doesn't hold quite as much nostalgia Mm -hmm. as being the first one to me as it does maybe some other people. But I still think it is such a great introduction. I mean, I've said this a million times and I'll continue to say it. Like I literally think I could write like a doctorate dissertation about the first chapter of 
Sorcerer's Stone. I I still really enjoy the book, but when you compare it, like, writing quality-wise, character building-wise, like, actual plot-wise to the other books, like, I'm sorry, it just, like, does not hold up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, especially also, like, as an adult, I'd rather read about... <laughs> 15-year-olds, apparently, than Mm 11-year-olds. Like, there is kind of a distinct, like, after two, they just feel much more grown up. And even though they're 14, 15, 16, 17, like, I still feel like I can relate to them in a lot of ways where it's harder for me to relate to them in in one and two when they're, like, 11 and 12. Um, But I love – it's such a great introduction into the Wizarding World. It does such a good job at what it needs to do for the series. And I will say I love the end with, like, the chambers that they have to get through. Like, that definitely is the shining moment of the series for me. Or, of the book. Yeah, I think on the age note, like... Because we always talk so much about the series, like, oh, it's a young adult series, but also kind of a children's book series, but also adults read them and enjoy them. And I think the thing about, like, one and two versus the rest is, like... I think people of any age... I think people of any age can enjoy all of them. I'm not trying to, like, belittle people for that. Um, But I think one and two feel more like children's books. Whereas, like, three through seven feels more young adult. And, like, I think more open to... More relatable to everyone. Like, I think kids who are, like, ten... I mean, even I think they miss out on a lot of stuff in the later books, but I I still think they can, like, really appreciate stuff in the later books. But I feel like it doesn't go as much the other way in that, like, adults, like, a lot of adults love one and two for, like, how they read them as kids. And I just don't think that, like, compared to the rest of the series, like, I just don't think they are as relatable or as interesting plot-wise because, like, yeah, I think they were originally written for a younger audience. Like, I just think that's... yeah the truth of it even though like i'm like i want to be very clear like i'm not shading adults if you are like if stone is your favorite or chamber is your favorite like i totally respect that even if it's not because of the nostalgia like i think they are great books and i the world building i think particularly in one and two is great yeah and i think that's like the real strength of it but i think it's let like i don't know like i think the later books have more of an emphasis on like relationships and plot and like feelings and then one is more of like world building one and two is like world building whimsy and just like introducing these concepts yeah I really think stone and chamber are very like one note throughout their plots Mm. like there's kind of one thing that's going on at the same time they're going to Hogwarts whereas like in Prisoner onwards there's always like so many more things going on we get to meet so many new characters in each book from then on out that like it just is not it's just not as interesting to me honestly yeah um I just wanted to like put that disclaimer in so that people don't yes anyway kind of coming off of all of that all of what I was just talking about with age uh my number five and this actually surprised me a little bit is order um I like thought about stone for a minute but I think I really do 
I don't know order I think I have it's one that I've grown to appreciate a lot more as I've grown older and I think like a lot of people have this trajectory with it and that like you understand more of what Harry is going through um like it introduces a lot of like mature feelings and I think I've grown to respect that I also like so much of this book is Dumbledore's army and obviously the order of the phoenix and I think those are like when I think of Harry Potter, those are like two groups that really stand out to me and they feel fundamental to the series. Um, and because of that, you get like, you don't necessarily get like a lot of new characters, but you just get more of additional characters. So like we see, I mean, Luna's a new character and I love Luna, but like we see Neville a lot more. We see, we even, it feels like we see the twins more and like the other Quidditch players like, um, Angelina and then like people from other houses and then with the Order of the Phoenix like we see we see these adults as more than just like the parents or the teachers right like we see them in their everyday lives a little bit more and I think that's super cool with like the relationships that we get to learn about um also like I think this probably has the second best battle scene maybe even the best mm. battle scene i mean like the seven battle scene we just like read this on was it a patreon episode i think so yes we're like that's great because of like all the information that's being dished but like this battle scene at the end between dumbledore and voldemort is like hands down the best like magic we ever see and so yeah. i think that is like a really really cool part of this book that i like, when I remember it, I'm like, oh, shit, like, order's cool. Yeah. Um, on that note, <laughs> order is my number six. Um, I think there's a, there, would, there was a long time in my life that order would have been probably, like, eight, nine, ten placement. <laughs> um, I really did not like it. There was, like, a stretch of time where, like, I tried to reread the series every summer throughout, like, middle school, early high school, and I would get stuck on order every time. Like, I just would not be able to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as I grew older, I did learn to appreciate it more. I still find Umbridge, like, actually difficult to read mm-hmm. kind of takes a lot yeah, of enjoyment out of it um i do love the dumbledore's army scenes i really like the relationship between dumbledore and harry in this book is like really strained and i as much as i like analyze it and understand where both characters are coming from like it still does not make a whole lot of sense to me <laughs> like they should have just talk you know talk to each other communicate Mm -hmm. um so like that is also very frustrating to me when I read it um Harry is a little bit of a whiny bitch in this series as well and again (laughs) as much as I like understand where he is mentally what he's going through like it's still frustrating for me to read Mm -hmm. at the end of the day um but like I said I love Dumbledore's Army there are there are parts of this book that I do absolutely love but it's also just really long mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. So it just has like a couple different things like working against it for me that 
I mean, I feel like we have probably alluded to this, but we should have, like, outright said it at the very beginning. Like, I love all of these books. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> even my six, seven, five, whatever. Like, I still, like, they're probably still in my top ten books of all time. Yeah. All of them are, probably. So, like, though I, like... I feel bad having some Harry Potter books this low in the rankings because I know that, like, there are some people who love every, like, somebody's favorite book will always be somebody else's least favorite. And so, like, I feel really bad doing this, but it is what it is. Yeah. So, my sixth is Stone. And I'm just going to, like, obviously that means my seventh is Chamber. And I'm just going to kind of talk to them, talk about them together because... I I think this stems so much from like the age I was and that I read these books so young that and like was so inundated with them from like my older siblings and the movies and stuff that like those two I don't remember the first time I read them like I can go back and I remember the first time I read Dumbledore's death scene in Prince and I remember sobbing like it has such a emotional connection for me there and I think that like if I could remember the first time I read Stone, the first time I read Chamber, I think that would, like, totally change them in the rankings for me. Because, like, I think the nostalgia and the emotions and the feelings of it would totally bring them off the rankings. Um, I think they are absolutely great for what they do to set up the series. And I like that you are introduced to important things in them that come back later. But I just, like... I think what you said earlier about them feeling a little bit one-note is really important like and it's really accurate like in chamber like the only big storyline is the chamber of secrets like there's not room for a lot of other stuff to be happening and you know like i like how in prince we have like the half-blood prince storyline and also like Dumbledore teaching Harry about horcruxes and how these things are like sort of weaving together with the relationships and how like in Goblet there's like the rise of Voldemort intermingling with the Triwizard Tournament and also like Ron and Hermione liking each other but fighting about it you know like all these things come together and I think that that's just like not gonna happen in Stone and Chamber like they are smaller books like there's less going on um, and I, I just feel like that's, like, to me, those interweaving storylines are such a critical part of the series that, like, that's what brings these two down. The reasons I put Stone above Chamber, um, I think Stone, like, a lot of stuff that Chamber does with, like, details of the universe, Stone already did really well. Um, and then also the endings of the books, like they, they kind of are similar in that, like, you know, they, they go down into the bowels of Hogwarts, but I think just like the ending of stone is so much more interesting with the different rooms. Like you talked about this, um, as opposed to just like moseying on down to the chamber of secrets and fighting a basilisk like that feels less creative to me than like coming up with all the different rooms and that kind of stuff yeah I think the biggest thing for me is that like chamber really suffers from being the second book because 
I think that's really the only thing that catapulted Stone above Order of the Phoenix for me, honestly, throughout my rankings. And Chamber doesn't have that luxury, but they're so similar to me. And, like, I understand the plots are completely different, or somewhat different, I guess. Um, But they are just so similar in my mind that... But then Chamber doesn't have the additional thing of it being the first. I will say I do love the death day party. That's like <laughs> top, 15. top 15 <laughs> scenes. Um, but yeah, just not. I, I Yeah, I feel like the reason why Chamber is seven is very similar to the reasons I gave as why Stone is five. But Chamber just doesn't have the luxury of being the first. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about that a lot longer than I thought we would. I know. Um, but I'm just going to run through our, like, average rankings. So lower numbers are better. So Prince was our, like, average favorite book. It was a 1.5 ranking. Goblet, 2.5. So our our two favorites coming in as, like, the two top two between the two of us. Hallows and Prisoner both had an average ranking of 3. I think if we were super picky, I would put Prisoner above Hallow because Prisoner is ranked higher on one list than the other. So, like, if we really separated them out from one through seven, I feel like I would go Prince Goblet, Prisoner, Hallows. I think that's fair. Um, But then you can't do that with the next two because they are flip-flops. So Order and Stone tie with a 5.5 because we each had them at five and six. And then Chamber, sadly, is number seven. So if if Chamber is your favorite book... Let us know, and yeah, I mean, explain it to us. I mean, def- defend your book, not in like a not that we're coming for you, but I just want to hear yeah. the I want to hear the defense. Yeah, I'd be really interested. Okay, do we want to cut two favorite characters and then cut back to movie, or do we want to do movie now? Um, I don't feel strongly either way. <laughs> okay, let's just do movie then. You can. I feel you like can start us off. We have less to say about movie. <laughs> yeah okay it's gonna be like well this one's not terrible (laughs) (laughs) so i've talked about this a ton before um my number one movie is prisoner uh i think i mean it helps that it's like one of my favorite books and it wasn't done terribly you know so like i already like the plot but i think just prisoner as a whole it totally changes similarly to the book it changes the vibe of the series and I think that's reflected really well in the visuals and the mood of the movie um I'm a sucker for Alfonso Cuaron like I know it's kind of hotly debated uh but I love what he brought to this series like as as a movie series um and the just like the intricate details of so much that we see in this movie and also, I talked about this in that, like, I love that we get a whole new batch of characters. And I think that's really exciting in the book. And also, like, we can debate the casting, but, like, it brought in so many great actors. Um, and, like, Gary Oldman, like, obviously, like, he <laughs> he has a whole career outside of Harry Potter. But, like, to me, like, he is a Harry Potter actor. And, like, he's basically in this movie and in Five. Like that's pretty much it and like so much of like I don't know like I see him as someone who's in the whole series and I think that's just because I like this movie I feel like is I like this movie a lot I don't know so it would be always be the one I would choose to watch 
All right. So I told Audrey this beforehand, but so I went back and listened to our like movie retrospective, um, which is like the last like twenty or fifteen minutes of our Deadly Hollows Part Two, Part Two, <laughs> um, movie rewatch episode, just to like kind of because I had an idea in my head. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is what it is, but like I've never really had solid movie like even favorites, mm-hmm. let alone like full on rankings. Um, she's so like, okay, well I'll see what I said then and like see if that's kind of still how I feel now. And it is. My top two movies, I was actually shocked that they were, like, what I said is, like, I feel like I could choose one of these, like, on any given day. Mm. So, my favorite movie is Order of the Phoenix. (laughs) She loves Um, a montage. (laughs) I do love a good montage. I think that one really strong thing about this movie is that both Audrey and I mentioned that that Dumbledore's army is one of our like favorite parts of Order of the Phoenix and it becomes a very large part of the movie like they choose mm-hmm. to highlight that a lot like justifiably um and I love a good DA montage like I think that the acting in it is really pretty good I think that also like maybe because orders kind of lower on my list I'm less offended when they like Mm, take mm -hmm, things out mm -hmm. and maybe things aren't quite as exactly book accurate as maybe I am a little bit more offended in cases of books that I really do like a lot more like Half-Blood like Goblet like Deathly Hallows and we'll get to those rankings (laughs) later um yeah I just think it's I think it's a good movie it's our first David Yates probably our best I mean obviously it's my favorite David Yates movie because it's number one um yeah okay um so my number two movie and this also never changes is Half-Blood Prince for no reasons attached to why it's my favorite book I think standalone as a movie outside of the series this is I just like really enjoy it. I think this is the best. Um, it like really has nothing to do with it being part of the series. And I think this is like why I think the movies are so much worse than the book. That my number two favorite movie like is because like it doesn't really have anything to do with the overall plot of the series. Like I think they do a terrible job with the overall plot of the series in this movie. But because they just kind of ignore all of that. They have so much space for just like dumb shit. And like... This movie just makes me laugh. And so I think, like, it makes me laugh and then it makes me cry at the end. Like, I love a movie that can do both of those things. (laughs) Like, I don't... Get a girl who can do both. (laughs) I just, like, really don't... Yeah, like, it has nothing to do with it being a Harry Potter movie. Um, But I think there's just, like, a lot of fun, like... I don't know. Yeah, just, like, fun scenes, you know? Like, the... The... Felix Felicity's scene and like uh and also like Ron playing Quidditch and like going to Freddie George's shop like all these things like that are just like fun to watch and not really critical to the plot of the series as a whole okay Half-Blood is way lower. I know it is (laughs) I'm just gonna say that now um my number two is Sorcerer's Stone um I really think that, again, this benefits from being the first. The actors are all really adorable in this movie. They also benefit from, like we said, kind of the 
like mere opposite of my criticism for stone and chamber is that there's not a whole lot going mm-hmm. on and so they're much easier to adapt they still do obviously cut things out and change things obviously but they're way easier to adapt there's less diff- like there's less complex things going on so i don't know it's just easier to make into a movie yeah. um the whimsy is like really strong in this one mm-hmm. um which i love and i think it just brings like all the warm feels like when they walk into the great hall for the first time like ugh, such a great scene top 15 <laughs> uh, um, movie scenes we're in movie scenes now not book scenes they're two different things <laughs> so my number two is I mean, sorry, my number three is Stone. Um, Kind of for the same reasons as you said. And also I think, like, uh, because I, like, can't really remember when I read the book for the first time. I can't really remember when I read the movie for the first time. But, like, I think that's a plus on, like, this. Yeah. For the movies. Also, like, definitely in recent years, it's probably the one I've seen the least. Which I think, like, bumps it up the ranking. Yeah. Um, like you said, all the reasons you said, the plot is so much easier for them to adapt. Um, and, like, even if, like, this is a pretty long movie, but it's a short book. So, like, they just were able to fit so much more into it. Um, and, like, the kids being cute. Like, uh, like I will watch for that reason alone. Oh, plus, before I move on from talking about Stone, um, Richard Harris is Dumbledore. Yes. So, like, that's yes. an automatic positive in favor of the movie i think that the adults like i mean we talked about this before but like the kids acting not the best but they're Um, cute but but they're cute and the adults in it are so good richard harris maggie smith alan rickman the man who plays quirrell um i think they all like robbie coltrane i think they all like are so good Mm -hmm. And with this being their first movie, I think, like, you know, by six, we're like, oh, well, of course, like, they're good. Like, Mm -hmm. we've seen them in six movies by now. But in the first one, I feel like a lot of people were, like, shook when they got, like, such prestigious, like, British actors and actresses to be in, like, this kid's movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. My number three is Prisoner of Azkaban. (laughs) Um... It's definitely, you know, I I was telling Audrey before, so I I think that these three are pretty solid. My middle three, I think I could probably, <laughs> I don't know, I'm not super set on those rankings. Um, and then my last two are pretty clearly my last two. So I think these ones are, these I enjoy, the, straight up, like these are just the ones I enjoy mm-hmm. watching the most. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I, I've i been, like, moving around my middle three as we're talking. <laughs> um, okay, so my number four is order. Um, so, I'm, we're getting, like, similar groupings. I think the difference is just going to be prints that you're going to have a lot lower. Um, but, yeah, order is, I mean, the montages are great. I think they, they like, keep a lot of the fun stuff in from it. Or, like, the, like, entertaining stuff, not necessarily fun. Um, I don't really have a ton to say about the Order movie, uh, 
I'm trying to think of stuff that sets it apart. I mean, again, we have that battle scene, which is, like, fairly well adapted. Yeah. Um, The one thing that I think that, like, could have made this in my top three, like, a single-handed scene, is uh, the twins leaving Hogwarts. Like, I feel like that was really underdone. Um, and I would have loved, and I think most of the fandom would have loved for that to be, like, a big, like, as big as it is in the book scene. Yeah. Um. I do think, something I didn't mention, but, like, Amal Dasan, obviously I said, like, Umbridge makes mm. Order a very hard book for me to read, but I think that they get kind of her just evil enough in the movie, where, like, yes, she's really annoying, and yes, she's awful, but I feel like she's not as, like, permeated mm. through every mm-hmm. part of Hogwarts as she kind of feels like in the books. Yeah. So she's not quite as, like, overwhelming. Yeah. Um, the other person that we get for the first time in order is Helena Bottom Carter, which, like, Ooh. I don't know, now that I say that, I'm like, should I move order higher in my rankings? Um, but I, I don't think I will, but I absolutely adore her as Bellatrix and... I think that, like, that is a huge plus of order. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay, my number four. This begins my... I'm not... These three, I just... I'm not confident in the rankings. But I'm going to go with what I have written. My number four is Chamber of Secrets. I think, again, very similar reasons as Stone. It's, like, was fairly easy to adapt. The kids are still young and cute. The adults still do a really good job. It's still Richard mm-hmm. Harris. Mm-hmm. That's, like, really all I have to say. It keeps the whimsy. I love that, like... I... I... We've... We haven't really had that many discussions about the directors, but I think I... I love what Chris Columbus did Mm -hmm. and I would be so interested to see where the movies would have gone if he would have continued to be the director. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I feel comfortable saying like he was the best director out of (laughs) all of them. Um, I think he was the best director for those two movies. Um, That was like something they talked a lot about and that like return to Hogwarts, like how well he does with like little kids um, and like directing them. But I don't know, I just, I really love all of the groundwork and the work that he did to give us the image of what the Wizarding World is. And, like, I know Alfonso Cuaron, like, then goes and changes a lot of that. (laughs) But, I mean, a lot of it is the same. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right, my number five is Hallows Part One. Um, I mean, this is, like, not a great movie, and I usually wouldn't choose to watch this. I feel like this is kind of a turning point for me, or, like, the first four, yeah, I would put them on, but, like, five down, I'm like, uh, I don't know that I really want to watch this right now. I think the one yeah. thing, like, I don't, Howl's Part 1 is weird because it's, like, so much time out of the year, but, like, it doesn't really cover that much. Right, like it's everything in the book, but like Gringotts and Hogwarts, right? Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. It's weird. Um, I think the scenery in House Part One is beautiful. It also has like my favorite movie scene added to the movie, and potentially just movie scene um, with Harry and Hermione dancing. 
I've talked about this before. It's not enough to like drag it up to the top. Just like, as I will point out, I didn't, I didn't say this when I talked about Prince. My least favorite thing ever added to the movie is the like attack on the burrow. And like that didn't bring Prince down enough. So I just like, these are like parts where like, I love that scene in Hal is part one, but like, it's not going to redeem the whole movie for me. And like, I hate that scene in Half-Blood Prince, but I just block it out of my memory. (laughs) Like, uh, I don't know. I just think this is like, yeah, it's like a fine movie. I think the scenery is like one of the best parts of it. Yeah. Okay, my number five is also Deadly Hallows Part One. <laughs> um, I think it's one of the best adapted movies, mm-hmm. and I don't think I realized this until we did our movie breakdown. But I specifically remember, like, being like, "Oh my gosh!" Like a lot. Like, they kept a lot of stuff from the Mm. book in this movie. Like, I do really believe that it is one of the best adapted, like, kept the most in. Mm -hmm. Besides probably the first two. I Like Audrey said, the scenery is beautiful, but it's also just kind of boring. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For a lot of it, um, I really like the, like, wedding burrow. I like the escape from Privet Drive. I think that, like, Mm. the first, whatever, 30, 40 minutes of the movie are the best 30, 40 minutes of the movie. Um, Yeah. That's all I got. (laughs) All right. Um... For six, I have Chamber. Um, yeah, I think it's similar to Stone. Like, you already talked about, like, cute kids, easy to adapt as far as, like, getting all of the plot in. Um, again, like, it's lower than Stone for me. Again, just because of, like, chronolo- chron- chronology. Um, it's It's, like, fine. I mean... But also, the thing about... I didn't really talk about this with Stone. Like, Stone and Chamber feel like such long movies for nothing really happening. Not that nothing Mm -hmm. happens, but, like... In some ways, they feel longer than the other movies. Like, so much longer than the other movies. Because, like, it's just one plot throughout. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. The kids are cute. And... It has that scene where they all, like, swarm Hagrid at the end. Which is funny. Yeah, that's cute. Um, Dobby's kind of annoying in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Dobby's kind of annoying in the book, too. I feel like people forget forget that. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. I think I'm changing on the fly. I think I'm flip-flopping six and seven on the fly right now. And I'm stressed. (laughs) I think I'm going to make six... Goblet of Fire. Oh. <laughs> um, I just, I love the story of Goblet of Fire so much that, like, I just, it makes me like this movie more. If that, like, if that makes sense. Like, I know that they do stuff, they do it so dirty in so many ways, but... I just love, gob- like, the story of Goblet of Fire so much that it makes it not be at my bottom, too. <laughs> um, and I think I think the Yule Ball scene, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I think the, um, they, like, absolutely do the Quidditch World Cup dirty. Not only for not showing us any Quidditch, but, like, the Bagman and Crouch chapter, one of my favorite chapters. They just have nothing from that in the book. Mm-hmm. Or in the movie. Um, 
But yeah. We get my boy R. Pat as Cedric. <laughs> um, okay. My seven is Hallows Part Two. Um for no particular reason. I think this was done terribly, but I think it was just less terrible than Goblin. <laughs> like, okay, here's the thing. Hallows Part 2, the things that they fuck up, like, are details. Right? Like, the plot is there in that, mostly because, like, they don't have a lot of plot to cover. Yeah. Um, but then it's just, like, how they execute it. Like, the ending is so fucking terrible. Like, it's so bad. But yeah. in some ways, it's just, like, so off that it's better. Mm. And, like, you mm. still have the emotions of everything ending, even though they did it really badly. Whereas for me, obviously, Goblet is my last one. And it's just, like, bad throughout. And things are all mixed up and they skip so much that it just, like, it's more infuriating to me. And I think maybe that's because, like... Well, no. I think I have Hallows as a higher book than Goblet, so I don't even know why. Yeah. But I think that, like, the pluses of Goblet as a book are not translated at all to the movie. Yeah. Whereas, like, some of the pluses of Hallows as a book are translated. Like, even though they did such a bad job with the Harry Voldemort final duel, like, since I already know all that information in my head, I'm just like, yeah. whatever. Like, they didn't include it. But... Goblet, I don't know. It just feels so like so messed up. I don't. I don't. And I just like physically can't watch Goblet. Sometimes I just get so annoyed. Like when we had to watch it for our movie rewatch, I was so mad. I was like, I don't want it. Like I was miserable. I was like, I don't want to be watching this. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean obviously it's in my bottom three. Um... I just like feel visceral feelings <laughs> yeah anyway okay. so my seven is half blood so they're the two that i just swapped on the fly and i think it came down to like if i had to pick between four and six i would rather watch four than six yeah i will say i think the first time i watched six i freaking loved it i was like mm-hmm. this is my favorite Harry Potter movie. It's the most funny. Like, I love it so much. But I feel like every subsequent watch, I'm like, this kind of is kind of fucked up. Like, there's so much wrong with six. They don't include so much. And it's just, I really don't, it's not fun for me to watch. <laughs> Like, the gags don't do enough for me to, like, pull it from the bottom. I, like, it's it's probably one of, like, the most quotable movies. Like, I love the pincers. Um, I love the, like, when Harry's on Felix Felicis. I mean, that's, like, hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, it's just, like, adapted I think it's the worst adaptation. I really do. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know if I did. I don't think I disagree with you. I mean, you might say Goblet. I might Goblet say Goblet is not great either. But 
I feel like Half-Blood Prince is just not only is it so different from the book and like content I feel like it's so different in tone as well like I don't and they they play up the teenage drama in it so much (laughs) that it's like really painful for me to watch sometimes yeah but yeah I don't disagree with any of these things (laughs) (laughs) so my last one then is Deathly Hollows Part 2 and I think it for similar reasons like it's really just painful for me to watch it's really just like so badly adapted and it makes me angry mm-hmm. yeah okay so uh these... I think our, our rankings were a little bit more different than our book rankings yeah so wait you run through your eight just quickly Okay, so mine from one to eight is Order, sorry, Order of the Phoenix, Sorcerer's Stone, Prisoner of Azkaban, Chamber of Secrets, Deathly Hollows Part One, Goblet of Fire, Half Blood Prince, Deathly Hollows Part Two. And mine is from one to eight: Prisoner, Half Blood Prince, Sorcerer's Stone, Order of the Phoenix, Hollows Part One, Chamber of Secrets, Hollows Part Two, Goblet of Fire. So then our combined is really all over the place. So an average rank of two, we have Prisoner, which I feel like that is, like, not surprising. I feel like we mostly agree on Prisoner. Stone and Order each had an average rank of 2.5. But I guess Order gets maybe brought up above Stone because you ranked it one. Um, Half-Blood Prince is an average rank of four and a half, but, like, very, like, I had it at two, you had it at seven. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was definitely our most different. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Chamber and Deathly Hallows Part 1 both have an average rank of 5. Um, Goblet has an average rank of 7. And Deathly Hallows Part 2, 7.5. Um, I just feel like it, like, we agree on, like, the top one, basically. And then it really drops <laughs> Yeah, I feel like overall, like, I'm not mad about it being Prisoner Order Stone. Yeah. I feel like I would put, I would be okay with with it going Prince Goblet Deathly Hollows with Chamber Deathly Hollows being over Prince, but that's just me, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I mean, to be fair, literally in my rankings, I had it Chamber Deathly Hollows 1, half of Prince and then Goblet. Like, I had them yeah. switched in what I wrote down. I just changed it on the fly, so okay that was all over the place (laughs) let's keep plugging away so i mean this is gonna i guess we don't really get combo rankings out of this but this is just like our top five characters so i mean there's gonna be some overlap but i mean like theoretically it could be two totally different sets of five characters uh yeah so i guess the best way to do this is still alternating we can still alternate yeah go first yeah, so my number one is Jenny. <laughs> I was, like, already typing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how much we should, like, we can, I feel like I, we, we've talked about this bit, so much. Bit. We've talked about this a lot. Like, I, Jenny is, book Jenny is so, like, strong. She's so badass. I, I just love her. I think that she's. I think she's my favorite character. Shocker. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just really love her, like, fiery attitude, her sassiness. I love that, like, her relationship with her brothers. I love her, like, brother relationship 
that turns into a friend relationship that turns into romantic <laughs> relationship with Harry. I love that she like plays Quidditch and is good at Quidditch. Yeah. I just yeah, she's just a good one. Yeah, I mean Ginny is great. My my number one is Hermione, also someone I've talked about a lot. Um, I think like it's not even close for me. Like Hermione's always been my number one and always will be. Um, yeah. for her flaws and the times that she's annoying as much as the times that she is a badass and, like, saves the trio throughout. You know, like, I think she's my favorite character in that she's probably, like, the one I can relate to the most and the one I like the most, but also, like, as, like, a book character, not looking at her personality, but as a book character, I think she's really well written in that, like, she has really, really strong strengths and really, really, like, flawed weaknesses. Um... And I think that she's she's complicated and she's just like a constant presence. And so I, I think it's hard not to love Hermione. Yeah. She will be making an appearance on <laughs> my rankings. Um, my number two is Tonks. I just, I love her so much. She's a Hufflepuff, which obviously we love. She is like fun. She's quirky. She's very like strong in who she is um i just i really like her i think she's such a fun character yeah she's so fun and she's not gonna make a appearance on mine but i think that's like just because there are characters that i like probably as much or slightly more but they're just in it a lot more than she is yeah um but yeah, yeah Tonks is a phenomenal character i love her um Okay, so my number two is Ginny. Uh, <laughs> so I guess that means our, like, joint number one character is Ginny. Yeah. Um, yeah, for all the reasons you said, I think the reason why, like, Hermione is so far ahead of Ginny in my mind is just, like, a, like number of times they're in the book. Like, Ginny, yeah. I think we always, like, think Ginny is in it more than she is. Um, yeah. But, yeah, she is awesome. She's a badass. Um I love the, like, her arc in, like, her relationship with Harry. Um, yeah, I love the Quidditch aspect, too. I think that's, like, a huge part of her personality. And she's just, like, she's, like, fiery and sassy. And I think you, like, use these words, too. But, like, yeah, she's just, like, fun. Yeah. Okay, my number three, Audrey and I talked about this before. We are counting Fred and George as one <laughs> character. Um, if you made me pick, I would pick George. Like, I could still definitely... I don't know if Fred would then also make an appearance. Like, I feel like he'd have to. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to have them take up one spot. Um, Fred and George would be my number three. I really think that throughout just doing this podcast, I have, like, become... Like, I've just, like, my love for them has grown so much. And I don't really know, like, why we don't, like, talk about them all the time. I just think that they're such fun characters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're, I, I just, I don't know. I just love them. I think they're so fun. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what else to say. They're just such fun. They're They're goofballs, but, like, they can be serious and caring when they really need to be like it definitely doesn't happen too too often throughout the books but they they are mm-hmm. when they need to be um i love their relationship with harry um 
I mean, and plus, like, the Weasleys are just superior in every way. <laughs> Except for Percy. <laughs> well, sorry, Salvador. Uh, <laughs> okay, my number three is Dumbledore. Um, I Dumbledore's another complicated character. I mean, like, I said Hermione's complicated, but Dumbledore's way, way more complicated. And a very divisive character. I have always, always loved him. And always been a Dumbledore defender, apologist, however you, you want to put it. Um, but, yeah, he's so integral to the plot of the series. It's, like, you can't imagine what the series would be like without him. Um, he's also, I think, like, he does the coolest magic. He's so smart. Like, he always has the right turn of phrase. Um yeah I just like I have a really soft spot in my heart for him like even his flaws and like I will point out his flaws but I think that yeah I I don't know I love him I think he's such he just like is such a big part in making this series what it is yeah he spoiler he will not be making an appearance on my rankings but him and mcgonagall i think if we extended it to seven would then be the two that i tackle yeah mcgonagall is my seven spots is my i mean she's gonna get left out but i felt really bad about it like she's my like she's like my (laughs) 5.5 like yeah yeah i i think like you'll see this with my next two but i definitely tended to skew younger in mm-hmm. the characters that i picked mostly students i think it's just because i can relate to them more honestly mm-hmm. um so with that my number four is miss hermione granger Woo! um i think like she could probably take fred and george's place like i think that i could probably swap them um on any given day i love Hermione she's such a complex like female character and I love that I love when like you know the like female sidekick isn't just like a one note sidekick mm-hmm. um not that like Hermione's even really a sidekick honestly throughout the series um she's so like complicated she's so smart um and we love bushy hair representation <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just kidding um yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, I think that if this book series had been about three boy main characters, I don't know if it would, like... Oh, no. Absolutely I don't know not. if I would have liked it as much as I do, you know? And I just, I really appreciate that, like, you know, that the, that she's such, like, she has such a starring role and is, like, shown as so capable and strong and complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's the best. Um, my number four is Luna. Um, mm-hmm. Gotta get me some Ravenclaw representation. Obviously, <laughs> that like brings her up in the ranks for me. That she's like the only Ravenclaw that we know really well. Um, I the thing that like always brings me back to Luna is that she's so kind and like anytime she's in a scene, I just like. You know, she just, like, makes you feel a little bit warm and fuzzy, even if it's, like, a sad scene or something, and that she just, like, yeah, she's such, she's such a good person, and I just, like, it's hard not to love her, and I get that, like, maybe some people can find her a little bit annoying, 
honestly, like, probably if I went to school with her, I would find her a little bit annoying. But I think she just, like, represents so much good. I love how quirky and different she is from everyone and how unapologetically herself she is. Um, And I like that she, like, comes to have a role in the series. And it's not just, like, another... Uh, like student in another house which I think like yeah. there's such a a large cast of characters that are just like students that aren't Gryffindor and aren't the main characters but like Luna I mean she's in the Silver Trio like she comes to have an important role and I just love her so much okay so my number five if you'll recall you know think back an hour ago um you'll probably remember so when I was doing this ranking number five was kind of giving me some trouble I was like oh like I feel like there's somebody I'm forgetting I was like I was I was like I feel like there's a Hufflepuff I'm forgetting (laughs) and I knew also like I kind of wanted five to be another guy because I didn't want it to be like four girls and one guy not that there's like anything wrong with that but you know I feel like I just needed to like more critically think about Mm -hmm. like I was like I feel like I'm forgetting somebody and I feel like gut wise I feel like I knew it was a guy and so I originally had written Neville down because I do love Neville I think that he like uh maybe before we started this podcast and like we delved more into like characters in this series I think Neville probably definitely would have been on my top five like I just really liked his kind of like underdogness I loved his you know like fight from being misfit to kind of like almost a golden boy in the end um I just like have a real like soft spot in my heart for Neville but it is Cedric. I totally forgot about him until I was talking about how my favorite book was Goblet of Fire. Um, he's such a, like, I don't know, he's such a, like, golden boy. <laughs> um, and I know he's just, like, such a cliche, like, nice, popular, hot, athletic, Hufflepuff guy. Um, like, I just know that like, if I went to Hogwarts, like, Cedric would be my crush. Like, I would be so in love with him. Um, and I really think that, like, one of the things that, like, intrigues me the most about him is, like, he is all of those things, but he's also, like, very incredibly kind and selfless and, like, still has, Mm. like, you know, because I feel like so often in media, like, popular jock guys are, like, portrayed as being, you know, like, jerks and that kind of thing, but, you know, Cedric isn't one of those guys. (laughs) Plus, he's a Hufflepuff. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, So my number five is slash R, Fred and George. Um, (laughs) For, like, all the reasons that Katie said. um, And I don't, like... Yeah, I think with this podcast, I've come to, like, appreciate them a lot more than just being the jokesters. You know, like, you see the kinder sides of them um, and the relationships they have with, like, their siblings and their peers with, like, Harry and Lee Jordan. Um, Yeah, I just think they're, like, really great and they add just, they just, like, add such a dimension to the series that, like, I don't think you could have got from any other pairing of characters. Um, I will say my first out, like I mentioned, is McGonagall. Um, I, yeah, I love her, but somebody had to get knocked out. And then the other character that came up for me that I don't think I would ever put in my top five, but I think is like solely anywhere near that as a result of this podcast is Fleur. 
Mm. I actually, I thought about her too. Like if, if we had done like a top 10, I think mine would be like, I don't know what order, but it'd probably be like Dumbledore, McGonagall, Fleur, Neville. I don't know who my last one would be, but like those would yeah. be my like, yeah, characters there. Okay. Woo. So yeah, I guess Ginny and Ginny, Hermione, Fred, and George. I would say are our top three as a podcast. Yeah. Oh, Luna. Luna could make a make an appearance. I think in my top ten. Yeah. I think. All right, things. Gotta close this up. <laughs> yeah. So this is literally like anything in the Where's the Ding world. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't even know how else to describe it. It's kind of just like things that got left out from the classification of characters. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just thought about like my obviously my favorite things in all of Harry Potter and. They're, like, kind of ranked, but, like, I don't know if they're, like, set in stone ranked. Like, I think they'd all... It's it's hard to differentiate, because they're all so different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so. All right, you lead us off. What's your number one? My number one is Quidditch. Just, like, as a concept, oh. uh, the Quidditch scenes are always, like, my favorite scenes to read. Um... I obviously really like sports. <laughs> um, this, in, you know, like encapsulates like all the Quidditch World Cup. And like, I just, yeah, I love it as like this like through line that, you know, it takes us from like Harry's first days at Hogwarts to like the fact that the snitch has the resurrection stone in it. And it's such a like mundane teenage thing, you know, like his high school sport. Um, and so, yeah, I think I just really love it. And I think that without it, there would be, like, a critical piece of the world missing, you know? Like, it just, it really completes things for me. Yeah. All right, my number one top favorite thing in Harry Potter is chapter one of Half-Blood Prince. Oh, you did chapter <laughs> I like this was the first thing that came to my mind I'm like what is one of my favorite things about Harry Potter chapter one of I the other minister um I just I love this chapter so much so if we had to make this like a in-universe thing it would be like the tying in of the wizarding world into real worlds yeah, yeah, definitely something like that. Like, that's why I said, like, at least, like, that one's kind of my out-of-universe thing um, that I was alluding to earlier. But, yeah, no, I just love this chapter so much. So, yeah. <laughs> um, go listen to our Patreon episode on that chapter. You yeah. Want to hear my Katie it was, like, what, I feel like it was one of the first things we did. Yeah, because you really did. wanted to. <laughs> um, I bullied everybody into it. Um, but my number two favorite thing is Thestrals. Um, Mm. obviously if they're this high, they're my favorite magical creature. Um, and yeah, I love how they're used in this series and like kind of important to the plot, um, in getting to the ministry, but I just love all the details about them. I love what they represent. Um, and I think they are like so symbolic of the change that Harry undergoes like midway through the series. Um, I also just, yeah, they're really cool and like I said, Luna's one of my favorite characters, and I feel like they're, like, really intertwined with her. Yeah. All right. 
my number two favorite thing in Harry Potter is the burrow. Oh. I think that it's one of my favorite settings, if not my favorite setting in the whole series. I love, like, also Sneaky almost made it into my top five was Arthur Weasley. I, like, love Oh, my God. I thought about him, too. (laughs) Um, I just, I love the Weasley family, like we just talked about. I love how, like, homey and this is, like, maybe kind of, like, you guys don't really need to know this about me, but, like, I am such a person that, like, would definitely take character over, like, cleanliness Mm -hmm. modern like sleekness and like anything Mm -hmm. and like especially in homes like I love a home that looks lived in where there's like stuff everywhere there's like I'm a big knickknack fan um and I feel like the bro is just like the epitome of that like it is just so homey and so lived in and so like full of love and I love it yeah that's a really good one um Definitely a top location in, like, setting. Yeah. Uh, okay, my number three is the pensive. Um, Ooh. I, obviously, this is super, super crucial, the plot. Um, and I think it's just such a cool thing that we don't fully understand how it works. I mean, we had a whole memories episode where we talked about the pensive, too. So you should go check that out because um, it's very complicated and a little unclear. But... I think it's such a cool magical object that, like, when you think about, like, magic being able to, like, enhance your everyday life or, like, not even everyday life, but, like, enhance your, like, mental capacity or, like, make humans better, I think, like, the pensive is such a crucial thing. Like, of course they would have... Memory is such an imperfect thing about humans that, like, of course the magical world would have... A solution or like a, a remedy to that and so I think yeah it's super cool I think it's really creative and I love how it also is used as like a device for us to be able to experience things from the past us and Harry to be able to experience things from the past instead of just being told that they happened like it's a really really good like show don't tell plot device All right, number three. Okay, my number three favorite thing in Harry Potter are the Sorting Hat songs. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love the Sorting Hat songs. I think they're so fun. They're so, like, they keep the whimsy alive in the later books. Um, I also just, in general, I almost just put, like, the sorting ceremony mm-hmm. or, like, the house system. Um, I know that, like it's not so like unique and fun to like readers from the UK because like I guess it's actually a thing but okay um like Audrey and I with doing our Myers-Briggs like uh, discussions that we do for every character like we've talked about this we love like personality Mm -hmm. tests and stuff like that and the house system is kind of just a big slash maybe small personality (laughs) test because there are only four options um but yeah I just I love the like sorting ceremony and specifically the sorting hat song I also thought about putting houses in general as a mm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, my number four is a little weird because it's not my favorite location. It's probably mm. not even my second favorite location. Um, but it is a location. It's Hogsmeade. Um, mm. I don't know why this was just, like, coming up for me. Uh, 
I just, I love the depiction and the, like, details of what it looks like and, like, the image I have in my mind of it. Um, and I also just love the, like, role it serves in that, like, the Hogsmeade weekends and they're just such a fun event for the students and, like, an exciting thing in the book when you get to a Hogsmeade weekend because, like, you know that something different is going to happen. Uh, and I think it, like, encapsulates so much cool stuff about the Wizarding World that you don't get to see while you're at Hogwarts. Um, I don't really know, like, so I think I always say, like, my favorite location in the books is uh, the library. And it's, like, barely, that's solely just based on, like, the descriptions we have of the library because it's not, like, a consequential location. And so probably, yeah. like, my favorite, like, actual setting for things is, you already mentioned, the borough. Like, I just love the borough. But, um... I don't like Hogsmeade like kind of jumped up as being a top favorite thing top five favorite thing because of just like what it symbolizes and all that it encapsulates more so than like the actual events that happen there um I just think it's really cool uh little village yeah Hogsmeade definitely almost made it to like Hogsmeade Butterbeer yeah almost made it yeah. on my list Butterbeer was yeah um Okay, my number four is the Quidditch World Cup. <laughs> I knew this um, was coming. I, d- I didn't think it'd be this far down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that, like, the ending of the Quidditch World Cup maybe, like, sours it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but I, like, I just, I, there are so many, like, distinct memories and, like, feelings I have associated with Goblet of Fire, and one of those moments is, like, when Harry, Ron, and Hermione are just, like, walking around the Quidditch World Cup grounds, like, to get water. They, like, run into Dean, they run into Oliver, and it just seems so just, like, perfect, and I just love it so much. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it was obviously encapsulated in my number one so I agree with you yeah like it just seems like this big party yeah like a big festival but I'm not a big music person so like a festival for sports is like literally made for me (laughs) (laughs) like a convention all right so my number five favorite thing is animaguses um I think it's like such a cool piece of magic and also like it's not super creative in that like it just makes sense that this magical world has a mechanism for like people turning into animals part of the time like that's not like a out of this world idea um but i like the way that it's done i like how you like can't really can't choose what you want your animagus is gonna be um and i like the role they serve in the plot uh, I just think, like, I know that it's, like, really hard to do, but I just think, like, if you were a witch or a wizard, like, why would you ever not do the work to become an animagus? Yeah, like, it just seems like, like, obviously, they talk about, like, it takes skilled magic, but, like, obviously, 13 to 15-year-old boys didn't do it, so it's, like, how skilled can and then, like, like, be? I feel like it just takes work and time. But, like, once you anything. do that, like, it's this skill you have for the rest of your life, and it's so yeah. cool. Like, yeah. I feel like definitely if that were, like, a real thing, like, more people might be one. Um, And my number five are Pygmy Puffs. (laughs) 
they're definitely my favorite magical creature um there were like a couple things i played around with putting number five like i mentioned hogsmeade butterbeer i thought about just putting like wands in general mm. because i really yeah. am interested in like wand lore um like woods and different cores that kind of thing um but i sold on pygmy puffs just because i think it's more on brand for me it is <laughs> so yeah i just love them all right oh that was quite a lot should we run through this pop quiz question <laughs> yeah i didn't even it's just what is your favorite yeah so for today's pop quiz shocker it is what is your favorite book <laughs> okay so actually looking at these results i just did a poll in the facebook group so looking at these results i feel a lot better about chamber being bottom for both of us because it's the only okay. one that didn't get a vote <laughs> Okay, so, okay. like, none of our most loyal listeners gonna are going to come at us. <laughs> um, That's good. That's good. So, the, we didn't get, like, a ton of votes, but three books had two votes each. They were Stone, Prisoner, and Order, which are neither of our fa- favorite books. Um, and then Goblet, Prince, and Hallows all had one vote each. Um and chamber did not have any uh i did mean to put this on the instagram so you get a few more responses but that's okay um and also pointing out that someone who said shelby said she answered order in the poll but then commented that she can't can never choose between order or deathly hallows so like i guess hallows kind of goes up there with like the top two, which then makes Goblet and Prince the, like, bottom two besides Chamber. Sad. <laughs> well, maybe we've convinced some of y'all. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Like, I mean, like I said, I love all of the books, so. Alright, well, this kind of ended up being a longer episode than I thought it would be, but, um, it's very like us to talk a lot about the things we like so. yeah and if you I'm like so interested I think specifically in like favorite things like what are some of your like random favorite yeah. things in the series um send them our way yeah definitely honestly there's probably a bunch that we just totally forgot about so I'd yeah. like to hear I did also, I, I do want to say, I did almost also put Hogwarts. Yeah, I thought about like that, but I was like, that's kind of... It's a lot. That would be, like, kind of cheating. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you can go find our episodes uh, coming out every other week on all the podcast platforms. And while you're at it, please leave us a rating and review when you subscribe. Um... And if you feel so inclined to send us those favorite things that you have, you can do so on our social media. We're Wizard Size Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can join our Facebook group at Wizard Size Podcast Group. You can follow us on Twitter at Wizard Studies, or you can email us at wizardstudiespodcast at gmail.com. All right. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, just do your best. We'll do the rest. And learn until our brains all rot.